0: With the sun setting on tracking cookies, how can first party data be used in combination with media for additional touch points, scale, and reach? Welcome to the Education Marketer podcast. Today, I'm joined by media experts, Troy Singer and Brian Jones. We discuss new ways to think about list-based media, how to connect with hard-to-reach students, and even leverage streaming networks on Netflix. It's a new frontier. Let's get on with the show.
1: I come out of the direct mail world. So when I discovered what we do here at Ring Digital, uh, it, it's very compelling. And let's face it, we love programmatic digital advertising. That's what we call it over here in the States, the banner ads that you see when you're online on your favorite websites or when you're within a uh, an app. But those are mainly used for awareness, for brand awareness, or maybe utilize for top of the funnel, especially within higher ed, because these are broadcasted out to the masses, but according to a persona or attributes that we feel these people are going to be best fit to receive our advertisement and hopefully respond. Well, we found a way that we can be a little bit more precise because even though That type of advertising works well in most cases. There are some cases where we would like to have a more rifled approach. So, what we found a way to do is to follow a mailing list and go directly into the devices of the people on that mailing list. So, that's why we like to call it direct mail for digital, or as you say, direct mail for media. We Mm -hmm. can take a list either that's provided to us or that we acquire on behalf of the marketer. And then we put messages directly into those devices and only those devices. So there's no need for cookies because we're not really relying on the online behavior of the person. We are relying on the attributes or the actual list that the marketer, or maybe in this case, a um, enrollment team would like to be in front of. And it A, either provides a alternative vehicle of getting the message to them or in most cases it's an omni-channel way they're getting the mailers they're getting the emails they're also getting messages within the device that they're on most of the day so I hope that gives you an explanation of what we're doing a little differently when it comes to programmatic digital advertising.
0: Yes and I, I think there's a very uh prevailing way that people think about about media and it's usually you you brief the agency there's like these buckets of targeting that that brief fits into and then it does augment a campaign but it doesn't feel quite as connected to what you're you're speaking about here so you've already got the list you have that like first party insight and then you're using the media to amplify your efforts so you know what you're you're suggesting here is almost like and which is really refreshing to hear is that you're creating this ecosystem so if uh, a student interacts with a university uh, you're then looking at it from all those different perspectives. And you are right. It, it's all about the touch points. And you know, one of the frustrations that I have as as a marketer is that we try and measure the impact of these individual channels. And it's never the one channel that has the ultimate impact that makes someone convert, right? It's because you know you have all these interactions. It's because you see the ad. You might not even register. You've seen the ad, but you have. And it's there. And it's always these little little touch points that actually... Eventually, make someone make make a decision. So yeah, great to great to hear that side of things. The the other thing I wanted to pick up with you, and you know, and I think this will be really beneficial for our audience to to hear, is that you use media in a way with some unlikely use cases. Um, and one of the things I, I heard about you discussing in, in previous episodes, or even for our own conversations is how you use media to reach students who typically don't have higher education on on their radar and i think it's the first time i've ever heard of a uh, uh, a media buyer uh, actually talking about things like access to education and, and all these really rich narratives that usually live more in the in-depth recruitment side so tell us a little bit about about that can i find that really
2: compelling yeah i i think one thing we're hearing from a lot of schools, Kyle, is that they're trying to reach these underserved student groups, right? And that means maybe different things to different people, but in a lot of cases, the overarching theme is these are students that don't know that schools would even be interested in them, right? Or that they have a chance at um, getting, you know, funding to be able to attend a school. And so, I think what we've tried to do is help, help work with the school to identify who are these students that they are trying to reach these underserved student groups. And then what we're doing is we're reaching them at their home or using their home as like the base. Let's say, as Troy was just mentioning with like the direct mail, um, example as the base to kind of capture their, their devices. And then we're delivering messages, to those students on the places that that they're at almost all the time primarily their phone right mm-hmm. i mean almost all of this media is being consumed on their mobile phone and so what we're doing is we're we're serving these ads from the schools that say like hey we see you we want you and we can help you get here and the power in that is that it's it's in a way that uh, delivered it in a way that they can consume it. And parents are also getting the same message, right? So the parents are like, oh, this school wants my student. This school is going to partner with me to help find a way to get them there. Um, and I think having the the benefit of both parents and students getting the same message mm. and helping them see like, hey, somebody wants me it like sparks something in them to say like, oh, maybe I could do this. Like maybe yeah. this is an option for me. And, and we've just seen incredible results with those types of campaigns. I think just because it's moving the needle on kids that didn't think that was an option for them.
0: Yeah, and there's two things in that are really valuable. Um, so first of all, you've, you've highlighted you're targeting individuals based on the device you know, not a bucket, but actually a person. Right. So I imagine you can go down right to the detail of the kind of message that is delivered to uh, an individual. So, you know, whether this individual will be more open to funding or, or some critical thing that's directly related to them.
2: Am I I right on that? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of it, a lot of these um, tactics are, are going to really be the success of the tactic will be determined by the targeting. So like, how well do we know the person that we're reaching, right? And I think that's one of the things that lends a lot of power to these types of tactics where schools have been frustrated in the past because they haven't necessarily been able to see who they're reaching on social media, right? Mm -hmm. They don't know, they can target it to a point, but um, in this way, they know exactly who they're targeting down to like the name and the address. And so we're able to deliver very targeted messages as a result.
0: And I love your um, understanding of the parent audience as well. Uh, Typically in in the UK, and I'm not sure if it's exactly the same in the US, but the the parental audience is hideously underserved, um, especially for the influence and and the remit that they have. Typically, we have newsletter campaigns for parents or something like that, or maybe a, a downloadable PDF. It just doesn't quite Pull them into that ecosystem, like seeing a separate set of ads would be something in their line of vision as well. Seeing a some kind of media on a television screen in the living room while your your son or daughter is next to you, you know, so there's there's
2: something very compelling about that that offer
0: that we don't often think about, really.
2: Sure, absolutely. I do think there's power in like consistency for the for the whole household, right? Getting the Mm -hmm. same messages, and I think that's the beauty of. A lot of what we're talking about is that this isn't like an either or approach where you have to do like social media or, you know, a tactic like this, or you have to do a newsletter or a tactic like us. And I mean, we definitely believe that a rising tide lifts all ships, right? That it's the sum of all the parts. And so Mm -hmm. I think as you start to add add a lot of different tactics in, especially ones that complement each other and aren't in competition, with each other, I really think that that just helps elevate the message, especially when there's consistency involved, because maybe somebody isn't going to respond to a banner ad, but they will to a TikTok video, right? Or yeah. maybe they'll respond to a newsletter, um, but they won't to something else. So I do think there, there's a lot of power in having a, you know, a well-rounded approach. Yeah. And
0: one of the, the main thrusts of a media campaign normally is to go down the, the social media route and I think increasingly, I'm sure we would agree it's it's a pretty noisy space. You you can be looking through TikTok and that, that experience is broken by an ad that isn't isn't well well placed. Mm-hmm. So taking that into consideration, your know, social media is just one area, right? There's mm-hmm. multiple channels in it, but it's just one medium. Mm-hmm. What's the the opportunity on the lesser used um channels for, for higher ed so i'm thinking like connected tv streaming services what do you think this is a good fit for universities at this point i can't help but thinking that netflix has just dropped a load of ad inventory but higher ed don't seem to be playing in that space so sure. in your opinion is it a good time for higher ed to start experimenting or is it something they might want to hold back on for, for a little bit longer
2: yeah no i think i think you're you're right on the money and i in fact i just saw like a linkedin news article today about how streaming services have just surpassed traditional television um, yeah. as far as like media consumption. And so, you know, there are a lot of industries that are already on the bandwagon. And mm-hmm. so I think that, um, then there's a lot of schools that are jumping into the water as well. And I think again, taking this, not either or approach, but yes. And right. Yeah. So like social media, yes. And like this connected t- TV, um, streaming video platforms it's just such a powerful combination because social media like you said is kind of one ecosystem or one channel even though there's you know facebook and instagram and tiktok or whatever youtube in there you've got that's kind of one ecosystem and the streaming television is in a totally separate ecosystem and so you know they may not be competing with each other and there may not even be overlap um and the beauty of 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 how we're doing this is we can reach those same individuals with through the connected television so whether it's on sling or hulu or netflix or tubi or tubi just had a commercial uh for the super bowl um Mm -hmm. over the weekend and um and they're just seeing explosive growth but whether it, it's in there or not, like you're going to be able to start to see, deliver these ads to real people, to real households. Like you said, the power of sitting down on the couch, watching your favorite show, and then having an ad for the school pop up, you know, that says, hey, we want you. I mean, that, that is powerful. And the, the thing that is really resonating with a lot of the schools that we're working with is they're able to just leverage the existing video content that they have for social media and then place it within the streaming video platforms. They don't have to record new commercials or, you know, new videos. So it, it's a great way to extend and repurpose the life of the, the creative collateral that they've already got in place. I, ju- I just love this
0: diversification of media and how it all works together. And, and you mentioned that, yeah, these are separate ecosystems, but you know, increasingly I look at something like TikTok and it's more, is it more useful, perhaps, to compare it to a streaming network because of the nature of the, mm-hmm. the platform? I, you know, I would personally, I wouldn't even class TikTok anymore as a social media network. It it certainly feels like it's more akin to a, a Netflix or a mm-hmm. Disney Plus because you open it, you're you entertained, um, and then you then you close it eventually five hours later. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely a blurring between um, how how media is is used now, and I think being present in all those. Those different channels, and certainly what you're advocating here, it, it sounds like that gives you the overall lift rather than just going you know, all in, in in one area. Am I am I right there?
2: Oh well, yeah, absolutely. Troy, were you cool. going to say something?
1: I was. I wanted to add, in case we're not emphasizing this as much as we should, we are giving the university, in this case, an opportunity to send a commercial directly to the people that they want to see. It's not only being viewed. On a TV, it's being viewed on the TVs that are on their mailing list of the people within their enrollment funnel, increasing Mm -hmm. their yield. And then getting back to what you had just said, I'm kind of going to steal Brian's thunder because he puts these stats out here usually, and I don't get to do it soon enough, but (laughs) I just want to read a couple of things. Marketing campaigns, if they use direct mail and one digital media experience a 118% lift in response rates. Furthermore, direct mail combined with digital ads yield a 28 higher conversion rate. And then direct mail helped improve the life of an online campaign by 62%. So again, when you have a direct mail and following that mail with ads on devices, on TVs, that is solidifying your brand and it's providing a bigger lift. And one additional thing that I'm not sure how much we can do in in the UK, but what we're doing here in the U.S., we're able to provide a service whereby our clients can follow a competitor's uh, commercial on the same TV. So there's a college A that, you know, has a commercial, then we can program it because the TVs kind of give off or give out that type of information, we can soon follow with a commercial from your client. So they can rely on the big uh, flagship college and universities going after students and going on their research by just following the commercials where they are playing on the screens. And it's just remarkable. And we we're excited that this technology is here and we feel that higher ed should be excited about it too.
0: See, people don't think about these sort of things, do they? Um, and I'm trying to, trying to imagine where this eventually goes. So you're, you're sitting down and then suddenly your entire ad break is filled with like 10 different universities <laughs> all lining up their ads <laughs> next to each other. Um, but again, this technology exists, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. And your, your point there about metrics, Troy, typically the the stuff you get, and not from all media providers. That would be very cavalier for me to say that. There are some really great media providers out there. Um, but a lot of the stuff we report back on is still like um, impressions, click-through rate. And you know what you're talking about here is how those metrics actually impact other areas, more strategic metrics that marketers and recruiters need to be paying um, attention to. And off the back of that, I want to dive a little bit deeper because I know um, you actually follow through this by looking at overall campaign performance using different data sets. So if, if you wouldn't mind sharing how this actually applies with like a, a real life university context, that'd be, that'd be great.
1: Sure. We love bridging the gap between online personas. That usually is what programmatic ads follow and then real world actions. And we do that in a number of different ways. As you asked the question, I think it would be good for media companies to work with enrollment teams or with universities by coming together and doing studies that they can get both a quantitative and qualitative feedback on what content students are really consuming and responding to. I think it would also be good for them to come together to go directly to the source, having some sort of study or some sort of survey That they do on campus. And again, asking the students themselves, you know, why did they come? You know, what was most important to them? What type of content do they prefer and how they prefer to receive it? And Mm -hmm. then going back and uh, leaning into the results. There is a need for media to work closer with universities to understand what the students are really wanting to see or what they're responding to versus assuming or doing the the way they've done for a number of different years because the world is changing and media is changing too quickly. And Gen Z is much more concerned with what's in it for them. They're used Mm -hmm. to getting their content very personalized. And unfortunately, at least here in the States, we're not personalizing or segmenting our marketing to them to the degree that they could be best received.
0: No, and I I, I think you're right. And it's not just in, in the States either. I, I definitely say you know, globally, but the sector isn't exactly known for, for personalization. There are pockets of when I've been struck by very powerful pers- personalization in the higher ed marketing journeys. Um, but Yeah, we're not tapping into that stuff as much as we could. And in fairness, we kind of need to, because you think about the ecosystems and the various apps and technologies that young people use. Well, TikTok, for instance, is hyper-personalized. Amazon shopping fees, all of this stuff, um, you know, it's been been in place for years. And obviously, applying that to higher ed isn't a one-to-one light-for-light scenario. But that's the user expectation, isn't it? So I think we owe it to students to at very least you know, use tools and technologies like this to try and create an experience that is as uh, as personalized as possible. A, a big thing for me is proving return on investment on, on media. Um, and I think one of the worst things we can do is uh, measure the, the performance of an individual asset because usually they always come back as like a, a fail, right? So how do you approach this problem? How do you re- report on the impact that you... That, that you have so if you want to prove to a university and maybe this is something that education marketers can take back as well and think about their own media and their own reporting how how do you think we we should be thinking about the impact of what we're doing how should we be measuring it what kind of techniques and approaches would you would you recommend
2: roi is a really big factor when schools are, are you know making determination especially when they're trying to get funding and they're going in front of a board to justify the tactics or the budget. And um, it is hard with some of these different avenues. And just because it's hard to prove an ROI doesn't mean that they're bad tactics, right? I just want to make sure that that's clear. It, It doesn't mean that there's a clear ROI associated with them either. And that's okay. And so I think what we found is schools are liking the fact that they can have at least a piece or a couple pieces that are part of their overall plan that do have a really clear ROI. And so we talk a lot about like a one-to-one attribution. And so if, you know, if we're targeting, you know, Kyle at 123 South Main Street and Kyle at 123 South Main Street applies, that's a pretty clear (laughs) ROI calculation. If Kyle at 123 South Main applied and now has enrolled again, that's a pretty clear like Mm one-to-one matchup. So. Especially with like these lift yield campaigns, the schools love the fact that it's so easy to see um what the end result is. So, you know, not only are we tracking like the click-through rate and the impression serve, but the view-through rate too, because somebody may see an ad, be served an ad, but not click on it, but still go to the the page and still apply. Um and so yeah, I think there's a lot of options and really what we do when we're working with a school, even though it's like a one-to-one attribution or measurement, we still want to make sure that the school has really clear goals set. I mean, it's hard to d- determine your ROI if you don't know exactly what you're measuring to start with, right? And you don't know what your your goals are. The second thing is, who are you targeting? I mean, again, that's such a key part. And when you're thinking beyond a persona, but like, what who really are the individuals we're trying to target? It makes a, a huge difference um, in being able to really use your marketing dollars to maximize them, right? And not dilute the pool by just shooting it out to everybody because there are tactics that do that. We're not that tactic. We're the one that comes in, like Troy said at the beginning, much more targeted. But yeah, I think, I think schools can do a lot to help um, help improve their ROI, And what we found is that just implementing a couple tactics that do have a very measurable return, um, very clear return, definitely moves the needle for them overall.